0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, August 3rd. Are chatbots and artificial intelligence sources lying to us and just making things up? On the show this morning, we were joined by tech writer Marcel Gagnier, who told us about the concept of hallucinations in this new world and the reliability of artificial intelligence. How will Canada's aging population impact our economic development and in turn every single Canadian? Joining us to discuss the issue and the latest research from the Fraser Institute is senior economist Jay fuss and the calgary surge basketball team is playoff bound in their inaugural season we invited head coach nelson toroba to tell us how the team found success in just one season and get us warmed up for the big playoff game this weekend our chat bots and artificial intelligence making things up joining us to talk about the reliability issue and the state of ai is marcel gagne tech writer and free thinker at large good morning marcel thanks for joining us <laughs>
1: Good morning, Sue. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it. Let's start with that hallucination term. It's being called hallucination, you know, this this sense of lying, of chatbots and AI not telling us the truth. What what does the hallucination thing mean? Explain that.
1: Well, I mean, the first thing I think I'd like to lay out is that when we talk about hallucinations in uh, artificial intelligence systems... It's very different than what we mean when we talk about hallucinations with people. Uh, in human beings, uh, we're talking about uh, sensory hallucinations. We see things that aren't there. It's a disconnect from reality. It could be, you know, hearing voices in your head, all sorts of things like that, or seeing things that aren't there, which, to, which isn't the same thing as an illusion, obviously. But in terms of uh, large language models like GPT-4, ChatGPT, if you will, uh, it's more metaphorical. Uh, what they're trying to say is that sometimes, while you're having a conversation with these things, while you ask questions, they, uh, well, frankly, make stuff up. And, um, and that has a lot to do with the fact that it's not a, it's, it's a lookup on the Internet. Uh, what it has is it's been fed a vast, vast amount of data, like, you know, more than any human being can ever collect in a lifetime. And based on all that information and based on the questions that you give it, it does some fancy calculations and it tries to predict what it is that you want to know, what answer you're trying to get based on the questions that you asked.
0: That's fascinating because for me anyway, and maybe other people think the same way, when I, if I if I think that I'm asking chat GPT, for example, since we're talking about that one, a question mm-hmm. that I'm getting actual factual information in return, but it's really just scouring the internet. And we know not everything on the internet is real or, or true. Well,
1: <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a very, very good point. And it's a good point because we are actually asking for a fairly high level of uh, now to, to be clear to be clear depending on the model that you're using something like ChatGPT, gpt uh, gpt4 actually is going to have a very high level of accuracy um meta just released something called llama 2 which i've been experimenting with for the last few days and to be perfectly honest it's it's exceptional it does a great job um so these things are getting better all the time but what we're looking for is we're looking for like a human level conversation we're looking for something that that's a little bit more creative than here's a link click here you go figure it out for yourself so the model is taking all this information all the stuff that it that it has been taught about and tries to give you something in return and like you said it's not like what's on the internet is 100% accurate i mean if google hands you a list of uh, you know, 10 links on the first page or something like that. First of all, the top five are usually ads, which have nothing to do with what it is that you're searching for. And then you have to sort of try to figure it out for yourself by reading all these things, what actually makes sense, what actually might be true or not. So it's it's not like perfection actually exists out there even now.
0: Fair and true. Let's talk a little bit about the AI chatbots, what exactly they are. I think for a lot of people, and I'll include myself in this, it's sort of like, um, you know, Bitcoin, for example. I don't really get it. I don't really understand what it is. I'm not using it myself. So when you talk about hallucinations in AI chatbots, what exactly are the chatbots themselves?
1: Well, the chatbots themselves are, um, well, let me make it as, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use the simple model that everybody uses all the time, which is autocorrect on your phone. You know, when you're typing out a message on your phone to somebody and it suggests what the next word is, mm-hmm. right? It like, it, it knows that you're saying, I am going to the, and then it thinks store. And, it you know, it throws store in there as a possibility of what it is that you're going to. And then, of course, it learns based on the number of times that you've used those particular words. So it starts to weight certain words or certain phrases that you use on a regular basis, and it decides So, you know, she said she was going to the store yesterday, so there's a good probability that she's going to the store today. So I'm going to offer that up as the next word. And uh, these models work in the same way, but it's like, orders of magnitude beyond that. I mean, it's like the difference between, uh, I don't know, uh, riding on a scooter and being in an F1, Mm. you know, formula racer. Like, uh, we're we're talking huge orders of magnitude, but in essence, it's the same sort of thing. It's got, it performs all these calculations on these billions of words that it's got in its database, and it tries to figure out what makes the most sense based on what you've asked it to come up with. Now, to be fair, Those models, especially the large language models we're talking about, like ChatGPT or something like that, have a heck of a lot of information. I mean, they have basically, you know, it's not quite the sum total of all human knowledge, but you know where I'm headed here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when it's making a prediction based on information that is collected in the past, that information tends to be pretty darn good, really. It's not perfect but it's really good, and we can tune those things. Um, you, you you are probably familiar with Bing, which is uh, Microsoft's version of Google, if you'll pardon the expression. And Bing is actually using ChatGPT or GPT-4 in its answers now, they make that available. But what they do is they marry the search engine with the chatbot, so that you get like a nice human-like conversation, but it actually provides you links as well. It says, okay, I'm telling you these things here are where I got my information and it will provide you links so that you can go and double check it yourself. Well, That's good. That, that's the key. That's the key. You like every person who uses these things from a student trying to use it to write their essay to a journalist who's trying to, you know, speed the process of writing an article or something like that needs to fact check. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chat bots do a pretty darn good job, especially the, you know, the bigger, large language models.
0: Talking with Marcel Gagné, tech writer, at, uh, talking about AI hallucinations. How do you improve then? I mean, if it's pretty good already, but how do you improve the truthfulness of AI language models then and, and make sure that we are getting correct information? Or, or can we improve that? Can we make that happen?
1: <laughs> um, there are some people who actually ask uh, an even more uncomfortable question, which is just how much do you actually even want to improve these things? <laughs> because like... I mean let me go let me go back to Google. You remember what I said about you know you get like 10 links or something like that and you try to find what it is that you're looking for? Yep. We're I mean this is Not as useful as it once was, you know, I mean, we've gotten past that and there is something really nice about having like a conversation with somebody asking for something in your own words and having the system on the other side, understand what it is that you're asking for, as opposed to, you know, putting in keywords and hoping to God that you've got the right keywords, you know, to get the answer come back. But the hallucinations that human-like sound that comes out and and forgive me when I say that of course because you know we're talking about text Mm -hmm. but that human-like you know uh, wording that we're so comfortable with when we use a chatbot is partly due to the fact that it does make things up it is like you and I for instance let let me bring it back to human beings you and I don't know exactly what we're going to say before we say it We've got a lot of information in our brains you ask me a question i ask you a question we go back and forth and we're sort of making it up as we go along and human beings are prone to making mistakes as well but part of that even with things that you know really well like if i ask you um i don't know what you ate yesterday or something like that maybe you eat exactly the same thing but yesterday you go i don't know did i have something different yesterday so so you pause and then maybe you throw out the wrong answer despite the fact that you actually know these things Mm -hmm. so to make everything a hundred percent accurate Uh, first of all, is impossible. Um, And I don't think most people would actually want that. Can it be made better? Absolutely. And I think that uh, search engines like Bing and so forth, which actually do say this is where I found my information, are on the road to helping that out. But will it ever be perfect? I actually don't think so.
0: You know, you kind of brought up something is we know now Meta and and some of the other platforms won't be sharing Mm -hmm. Canadian news content. Uh, We won't be able to access it as Canadians. Does AI jump in here? Is there going to be somebody who figures out a way to kind of get that information to us another way?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, I'm not sure that 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 requires AI, to be perfectly honest. I'll tell you right now. I and a lot of other people already use VPNs. You probably use a VPN. Like if you go to Tim Hortons or something like that, you know, you go in and you fire up the VPN on your phones, so that nobody's eavesdropping on your conversations. Um, a lot of people do this naturally, and what that means is you you know if you want to get your news, you want to continue getting your news through Meta or through Google or whatever. You just point to your virtual private networks, which is just an app that you download on your phone. And by the way, you have to be careful. There are some disreputable ones out there. But one of the ones I use, for instance, is called NordVPN. And by the way, I do not work for NordVPN, so this is <laughs> not a paid. <laughs> like, this this is get not accurate paid for...
0: information through that? Um,
1: well, accurate, not necessarily. But because you connect to um, a spot, uh, say, in the United States or something like that, Information is no longer blocked because of that. And famously at the moment, since we're talking about large language models, you know how uh, Google has their own version of it called BARD, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't get it in Canada because of, you know, the regulations right. that exist. And, you know, which, which, as I understand it, haven't officially been passed into law and won't happen until, you know, the fall or something like this. But you can't get it in Canada. However, if you use a virtual private network like a VPN you can actually use BARD in Canada. And, of course, you can continue to get your news in Canada by just connecting through a U.S. point using your VPN, I mean.
0: It's a lot for a lot of people. Can we send people to your website? You must have a lot of information to share that people can get kind of access to, to understanding these concepts a little bit better, yeah?
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I I, I maintain a couple. I've got a brand-new website that I started recently, which is just freethinkeratlarge.com. Perfect. Or um, I use a short form called WFTL, WFTL, which is, strangely enough, Writer and Freethinker at Large. And you can find me at WFTL on Twitter. You can find me at WFTL on um, Mastodon, if you're a Mastodon user. And um, kind of all over the place.
0: (laughs) We'll send people to you. Maybe you can help them out and understand this AI hallucination a little better. Thanks for joining us, Marcel. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Good to talk to you. Take care.
0: Marcel Gagnier, tech writer. Again, freethinkeratlarge.com. So what impact will Canada's aging population have on our economic development? Joining us to talk about it and the latest research from the Fraser Institute is Jake Fuss, senior economist with the Fraser Institute. Hi, Jake. Welcome back to the show.
2: Hello. Good morning. Thanks very much for having me on.
0: Appreciate you being here. Tell us a little bit about the latest study. What were you after? What kind of information were you looking for here?
2: Yeah, well, the senior portion of the population continues to steadily increase in Canada, which has important economic and fiscal consequences for the country. So our study finds that Canada's aging population could lower per person income by as much as $11,200 over the next 20 years. Um, So we're going to continue to see these negative economic consequences really until the year 2043 at least. 10%
0: increase in the share of the population age 65 or older how does that affect Canada's GDP then overall and the growth moving forward?
2: Yeah so a a 10% increase in the share of the population um, that is seniors um, is associated with a reduction in per person GDP growth of about 0.23 percentage points so this translates to um, you know under various scenarios Um, A per person income being lower by as little as $4,300, but as much as $11,200. So this is a huge, obvious change in the economy over time. Um, And we're really comparing these numbers to uh, an alternative scenario where the population wasn't aging nearly as fast as as it currently is. Um, But we are going to see, you know, significant negative economic consequences as we do have a a larger and larger share of the population being age 65 or older in the next 20 years or so.
0: So it is a fact. It is happening. What are some of the challenges that we as Canadians might see in our personal lives?
2: Yeah, well, when we look at the provincial numbers, you know, there's a wide variance of how the aging population is going to affect Canadians. um, But it's going to affect Canadians in all provinces um so when we look um you know the smallest change is going to occur in Saskatchewan where we're going to see real GDP uh, per capita be about 11% lower in Saskatchewan um, than it otherwise would be, but it's going to be as much as 17% lower in Newfoundland and Labrador, um, where they're having an even more significant aging population. Um, and then in the case of Alberta as well, we're also seeing significant effects there um, where real GDP um, and per person income could be lower by as much as 13 or 12% um, than it would be um, in an alternative scenario where the population isn't aging as fast as it currently is.
0: So, obviously, it affects the country as a whole, so balancing seniors' well-being and then fiscal sustainability, those are things that we kind of need to juggle. How does the government try to, you know, kind of strike that balance? Are they even able to?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Ultimately, on the fiscal side, um, the important thing right now is to get the fiscal house in order, Um, so looking at, you know, how much you're spending and making sure that you're trying to balance budgets during the good times so that when you get to the bad times, um, you know, you're able to take on that debt that's, that's probably necessary during those bad times. Um, then on the economic side, it's also about looking at um, ways that we can mitigate the impacts of this, um, you know, lowering of, of per person incomes or the ways that we can reverse that. Um, so, you know, integrating and expediting, um, you know, immigrants into the labor market is really important. Um, you know, looking at changes that you can make in the tax system as well, maybe on business taxes or personal income taxes. Um, are there ways that we can actually boost economic growth? and boost uh, per person incomes over time. So I think it's really a holistic approach that governments have to take, both fiscally and economically.
0: Jake, as an economist, what were some of your biggest takeaways, a couple of them that, you know, really you, you think might have an effect on us and as the on the country moving forward?
2: Well, ultimately, you know, it's, it's really about, um, you know, the, the fiscal and economic impacts. So we know that healthcare spending is going to increase um, as you have a, a higher population. Um, 65 or older over time. So provinces are already starting to prepare for that um, as we're starting to see some of the effects of that. Um, then on the economic side, um, you know, when we're lo- looking at per person income, this is really a broad measure of living standards for Canadians. Um, so what we're seeing in the study is that living standards could ultimately decline over time um, relative to what they otherwise would be because of this impact of the aging population. Um, so that really stood out to me, really the effects of, and how, how uh, the magnitude really um, of that eleven thousand dollar, you know, being lower per person incomes, that's that's really significant for Canadians over time.
0: And Jake, you mentioned immigration um, a moment ago. I, I, it's interesting that you know we continue to take in a large number of immigrants to try and make up for the workforce that we're losing as people age out or for whatever reason they're not going back into the workforce. Does this have an effect on the study itself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, policies. Policymakers need to expand the country's labour force to address, um, you know, the issues that we're going to have with the population aging over time, Um, but it's also really about expediting their successful integration into the Canadian labour market, so it's not just about bringing in immigrants, it's also about integrating them into the market too, uh, making sure they're acquiring the necessary skills to be in the market too, Um, so that's really important. Uh, Moving forward for Canada, it's not just about, you know, increasing the size of the labour market. It's also making sure that everybody has the necessary skills and they're integrated fully into the market.
0: Thanks, Jake, for joining us. Always appreciate your take.
2: Thanks very much for having me on.
0: Thank you, Jake Fuss, Senior Economist with the Fraser Institute. The Calgary Surge are playoff bound in their inaugural season. Joining us to talk about the success and playoff hopes of the Calgary Surge basketball team. Joining us, Head Coach Nelson Taroba. Morning, Coach. Thanks for joining us.
3: Sue, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Let's talk about your team this year. Boy, inaugural season, unbelievably, like, over, overperformed, do you think? Or did you have high expectations for these guys
3: going into the season? You no, know, I think everyone's expectations, you know, are their own. For us, you know, our only expectation was to try to kind of be ready every day for practice and, and you know, and kind of get better every day. It's, it's cliche that sounds. Um, I know our organization has high expectations in general. Uh, we want to always be competing for championships and doing it the right way. Um, so I think you know, credit goes to our general manager Shane James, assistant general manager Mike Grillin for assembling a great roster of players. Um, our leadership in terms of Jason Ribeiro, um, you know, has just really helped us a lot in terms of getting us set for success.
0: You know, the 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 skill of the guys is obviously key to getting here, but they must be a they must have come together and be a you know a really tight team to be at this point already?
3: They really are. I mean, this is a really tight group. Um, They're a fun group to work with, very coachable. Uh, We have very, you know, guys who come to work every day, eager to receive coaching. Uh, You know, I always say that, uh, you know, their their ability to give me permission to coach them is is what kind of gets lets me have a good time with my job. But they've been great about preparation. Um, They've enjoyed the process. And I think they're seeing the growth in the last couple You know, four games have been some big games for us and some tight situations and some tough environments and against really worthy opponents. And uh, the guys really have been coming together.
0: New to the city of Calgary, but boy, I've been to a game and and there is a lot of action that happens. There's a ton of fun. The crowd really gets into it. Has that been a big key to the success of the surge as well?
3: Man, the the electricity at Winsport is tangible for sure. We we love playing at Winsport. It's been a great home court advantage. Uh, and, and it's, it's a reason we're so excited about being able to host our first playoff game there this Sunday
0: okay so you're hosting Sunday is the big game the first one playoff bound for sure do we know who we're up against and and how things uh might look in going into that game
3: we have to wait till Friday so tomorrow uh Winnipeg and Edmonton will play in the first round at Winnipeg the winner of that game will play here on Sunday so we have to wait to see who wins that game, but it's going to be either Winnipeg or Edmonton.
0: All right, awesome. I, I, the guys must be pumped. How exciting is it in the dressing room, uh, you know, with, with practice moving into a big game like this? What's the feeling?
3: Yeah, the, the energy is great. The guys are, are very ready to go. Uh, We've had practice, you know, this week and started building up. So, um, you know, it's, it's an exciting time for everybody. Um, you know, the players love it. Coaches love it. This is kind of the time of the year that you kind of live for and, and coach for. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's just an opportunity to kind of keep doing what we've been doing. And I think that's, that's the messaging for us is our guys have found success in some really uh, important games by just doing, you know, playing the right way, trusting the pass, you know, uh, you know defending with physicality and, and, and kind of playing for each other.
0: Coach, what do you want to tell to the folks who are listening that, uh, you know, maybe haven't seen a game, maybe don't really know much, um, maybe consider themselves not to be basketball fans? How do you get them to come to the big game and cheer on the team?
3: I'm going to tell you that the, the the wind sport, uh, the last couple games has been electric. Uh, and I have, I've had a friend come in from out of town, a couple friends uh, throughout the season that have come, some really into basketball, some not. Uh, and everybody who comes to a game at Winsport comes to one of the CE Bell games with a target score ending. Um, There's nobody I have ever encountered that has not been completely juiced at the end of a game and said, wow, the the, the atmosphere here is electric. Um, The fan support's amazing. So, uh, you know, our games have something for everyone. Um, The basketball diehards are going to love it. The people who are just trying to get their feet wet are going to love it as well. There's just all kinds of entertainment. Uh, and, and there's just no, like, there's no, ch- there's not a bad seat in the house as well.
0: Totally agree. And a fabulous team on the court certainly helps. Congratulations for getting this far. Wishing you much luck six, sun, uh, Sunday and moving forward through the playoffs. Sunday night at Winsport, we'll, uh, we'll send people to CalgarySurge.ca slash tickets. Get your tickets, go cheer on the team. Thanks for joining us, coach. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Sue. Thanks. Head coach of the Calgary Surge, that is Nelson Taroba.